You're listening to the Crosscheck NHL Show, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. Hello and welcome to the Crosscheck NHL Show. Thanks for making the Crosscheck NHL Show your first listen every Tuesday and Thursday. We are free and available on all platforms. My name is Mary Clark, staff writer for The Win, and you can follow me on Twitter at Mary C. Clark. I'm here with Andrew Berkshire, NHL analyst for the Montreal Gazette and host of Game Over Montreal on the SDPN. You can follow on Twitter at Andrew Berkshire. On this Thursday edition of the Crosscheck, we don't have a guest because a lot has happened in the NHL over the last few days. The Ducks placed general manager Bob Murray on administrative leave pending an ongoing investigation. The mother of John Doe 2 and the Brad Aldrich case spoke out and had harsh words for Gary Bettman. Plus, Carey Price revealed the reason he checked into the player assistance program last month. So, Andrew, before we start off today's show, how you doing? Well, I'm doing pretty well. As we talked before we started the show, uh, we had a pretty cute morning in the house that uh, Miles woke up a little bit early and he was kind of cranky. And usually when that happens, because Dylan and him share a room, Dylan kind of wakes up and he's like, go back to sleep. Mr. Sun's not up. And he just gets like, really angry. We have to calm things down. But today he just got up and climbed into Miles's crib and played with him for 15 minutes. They like played teddy bears together and goofed around and we, we caught almost the whole thing on video through the little monitor that we have in there so that's a nice little keepsake it was a, a nice way to wake up in the morning that's for sure yeah that sounds really nice uh, i completely agree though the sun uh you don't wake up until the sun is up i completely 100 percent agree with that it also is because i've i've always been a night person but i also work nights so like i just i don't understand how some people get up super early i mean i get it if you have kids but that just is oh miserable but i'm glad you had a really nice uh moment uh nothing much is happening for me like i usually say on these uh like thursday pods like we go through like our weekend and you know how things have been i'm in the middle of my work week so i don't have really much going on (laughs) i'm gonna be honest yeah i mean that's that's life as an adult right yeah (laughs) (laughs) when you get into the regular work week there's there's less that you, I mean, there's stuff that happens, but you don't take note of it because you're stuck in the cycle, yeah. right? And on the weekend, you kind of relax a little bit. You have a little bit more downtime and mm-hmm. you can take things in a little bit more, more time with the family, all that. But uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's lots of stuff that happened between the last show and this one. So like, as you noted on the topics, like usually on our Thursday uh, show, we have a guest on and we were planning on having someone on to talk about the Colorado Avalanche who've been like incredibly disappointing to start the year, but too much happened. Yeah. You know, we, we got some pretty big stories breaking that we have to comment on. Uh, unfortunately, it's another heavy episode, so I apologize for that, for everybody listening. Uh, unfortunately, the league has been very heavy with its news so far this season, but uh, I guess we may as well just get straight into it. Editor's note, this episode was recorded before it was announced that Bob Murray would be resigning from the Anaheim Ducks and entering the assistance program for alcohol abuse so keep that in mind when you're listening to what we are talking about yeah yeah so we're not going to go in like chronological order because i'm pretty sure the john doe 2 stuff happened monday after we recorded so uh but we're still obviously going to touch on it because it had really that was a really interesting stuff but first we're going to discuss uh the ducks putting general manager bob murray on administrative leave uh kind of came out of nowhere um 
at least in terms of like the news breaking. Um, so it was on, I believe, uh, it was Tuesday, yesterday, right? When we're recording, this is Wednesday. It came out Tuesday, I believe. Um, so it was just a really quick tweet, basically tweet with a press release that said, um, and this is just a statement from the ducks. And they said, we recently became aware of accusations of improper professional conduct against Bob Murray. Upon internal review, we enlisted Shepard Mullen to perform an independent investigation. Upon recommendation from their initial findings, we have decided to place Bob on administrative leave pending final results. In the interim, Vice President of Hockey Operations and Assistant General Manager Jeff Solomon will assume the role of interim general manager. We have no further comment until the investigation is complete. Uh, So that kind of rippled through uh, NHL Twitter um, on Tuesday pretty suddenly. Um, Wait, hold on, Mary. What? You can put somebody on administrative leave pending an investigation? <laughs> I was sure that Gary Bettman told us that they couldn't do that to Joel Quenville. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. What? I know, right? It, oh, the duality here. You know, it's kind of a, kind of a hypocritical, uh, one, would, one would think. Yeah. I mean, I guess the takeaway from that in, like, the short term is good on the Ducks for being a little bit more proactive, but also, like this league my god (laughs) yeah yeah that's kind of the the conclusion i came to uh i it's hard to give an nhl team props here uh but just because they actually took the initiative and put him on leave when we'd seen so many you know teams and even the league itself not not do that was just a nice little bit of fresh air but it's still hard to give them props considering you know everything that's surrounding uh, Bob Murray. So yeah, that that was that's kind of all we know from just like at least from the Ducks side. Um, I pulled up a tweet thread from Emily Kaplan of ESPN, a uh, great reporter, um, who had just a little bit more uh, to say about it. Um, and I'm just gonna read through the couple of tweets right now. Um, so for Bob Murray, it doesn't sound like one singular incident that led to the Ducks to put their GM on administrative leave, but rather his behavior towards staffers and what one source described as, quote, abusive culture, end quote. A source says all of the initial complaints involve verbal abuse. There's no time frame on the Bob Murray investigation. The team tends, intends to see it through, but there was enough evidence in early interviews to suggest Murray was not fit to contribute or to continue in the current role. Ducks are on a road trip right now, and the plan is for Murray to return to Anaheim. The NHL signed a memo after the Blackhawks case and basically told teams, if you know of any abuse, you must report it. Sounds like that led to some in the Ducks organization to question Bob Murray's behavior. Some allegations may be years old, but people feel more empowered to speak up now. So, interesting little bit of information there. Um, We don't have a lot to go on, but it is really nice to see that things like i don't want to say we're in the middle of a reckoning right now in the nhl because we kind of it kind of that like people have talked about that you know back with the akima lu stuff um and then the like the bill peters and, and nothing ever really came of it afterwards but it's nice that like the consequences that happens to the blackhawks are you know affecting people and making people t- like speak out now so i think that's that's good that's what we want this is what we want like, we want these things to change in hockey culture. So this is, I mean, is obviously bad news, but it's great that this was made, to, made like, brought to light. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're trying to get at Thank there. you. It's like, I'm this isn't you. good, but it's, yeah. it, it, like, it's, it, hopefully it's going to snowball into, you know, bringing a lot of things to light and making hockey that, a better place. 
that's the thing, right? It's not good news to see it, but we have to see it in order for there to be good, right? And like the people who are making the complaint, it is good for them to be able to voice their complaint and have a voice. And I mean, the fact that uh, like the way that Emily reported it and talking about how like that memo that was sent out kind of allowed people to bring up some things that had happened in the past that like that culture of silence in the NHL is so strong. It's so strong. And the fact that a memo was like gave people enough of a like a not I, I don't know if a safe space is the right terminology but the comfortable like the comfort to be able to speak their truth about something and from some of the things that are leaking a little bit just not necessarily about the specific incidents because we don't really know any of that so far but just people talking about Bob Murray who've been in the game who've worked with him he seems pretty miserable <laughs> <laughs> pretty miserable to work with so this probably shouldn't be surprising to anybody who's worked with him or has been around that team. Uh, it seems like uh, I think Greg Wyshynski kind of alluded it to it not being very surprising, but maybe surprising that somebody actually made a complaint. Uh, it was uh, interesting that way. I mean, there is also um, this was from years ago. I had to look this up. Um, but back in uh, 2019, Bob Murray had a uh, uh, tossed a chair at a woman during a Red Wings game. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I remember something. Yeah, like he was cleared of assault um, in the lawsuit and no damages were awarded, but there, w- there was some sort of incident involving him um, throwing a chair at a woman again, like during a Red Wings game. Uh, so that's just at least some part of the puzzle, I would assume, uh, here. Obviously, there were, you know, no, like, you know, uh, there were no damages awarded and he was cleared of the charges, but still it's at least something to note here when we're talking about somebody um, who is um, under investigation for, you know, verbal assault. So this is just, like I said, another piece in the puzzle. So that's the one incident I found uh, people talking about on Twitter after the, um, after the news broke. So yeah, and I think, like you mentioned earlier about this being, be, like saying we're not in the middle of a reckoning, I think that we're kind of at the very beginning. You know, like the Chicago story is so big and it's hard to view that as not being in the middle, but there's going to be ripple effects of this the last years, maybe decades. You know, like the the stuff that's going to come out about hockey culture and what's been allowed and what's been kept silent, it's going to be a tough period for people who enjoy the sport and especially those who want to watch it and think that it's just an escape with no uh, political ampl- uh, implications with no nothing outside of entertainment. Like it is people's lives at the end of the day. And we have to recognize that, you know, there's a lot of kids that play this sport that are affected by this sport. And we have to recognize that a lot of them have been abused and, that's obviously not necessarily what we're talking about with Bob Murray. This is like adults and like a bullying culture in the Anaheim Ducks is what it appears to be. Not necessarily anything close to what the Blackhawks did, but it's still wrong, right? And I think that's where we have to get to is like all these things that are allowed to happen within hockey, we have to name them, shame them, and get those people out of the game. And I'm hopeful that we're on that route I hope that the NHL continues to allow people to come forward with these accusations and 
you know, that the teams act in the same way that the Ducks appear to be acting in immediately getting an outside investigation going. And in the end, in the end, the way that the uh, owners of the Blackhawks acted in allowing a full investigation with the results going public after all the stuff that they pulled. So, like, there's this tiny modicum of, like, positive spin you can put on this whole situation, right? That we're actually getting some level of results. The NHL's response to it is still garbage, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about that as well as we get into the other segments of this show. Yeah, um, and I just want to clarify the stuff about the chair throwing. Um, it was deemed accidental. He, I, It seems as if... Like accidental at the direction of the person, yes, I'm guessing? Yes, uh, According to Winging It in Motown, the Red Wings SB Nation blog, um, he threw the chair and struck a woman following the team's Game 7 uh, loss in the Western Conference Final in 2009. So, obviously, I wasn't really paying as much attention to hockey back then, but to me, it seems as if it was an accidental, like he tossed it and it hit somebody. The reason the charges were dropped is because um, they were trying to, they weren't able to prove that he did it in like intent. He wasn't intentionally trying to hit her, but he still tossed a chair. So I just wanted right. to clarify that because, you know, don't want to get in trouble. Just wanted to make all the facts known about that case. But you're right. This is hopefully the start of something that is very necessary in the NHL. And we've talked about it. It feels like we talk about it every week, Andrew. Like there's there's always something. It really it really really is. Um but it is it's my hope is that, you know, they find out whatever they can from this investigation and other teams also start to really dig deep. Um I we, we criticize the NHL's penalty of uh the Blackhawks the 2 million fine, but it it clearly like teams are clearly thinking that there are repercussions here for, you know, covering up cases, for not speaking out on these kinds of things. If they if they didn't think so, why would the Ducks have come forward in this case and done something? So that's that's my way of thinking right now is because like we criticized that decision for a 2 million fine, but it's clear NHL teams think that there is some sort of retribution coming for them should they continue to or if you know, should they hide these types of things from the league yeah i mean if you were an nhl owner and you wanted to make sure that you didn't have any outstanding liability at this point in time wouldn't you be like scanning the records of all former employees and just looking hey any of these people in prison right now (laughs) and then if they are maybe do some uh, private investigations just to like Uncover some dirt that if you don't know about it, you know, if you're a new owner or if you weren't made aware of it when it happened, like, just get that going now. To be fair, though, that's what you should be doing. Yes, you should be. I mean, they should be doing that before hiring anyone, right? that's what you should be doing. I mean, it's like how people talk about um, don't tweet things or put things on social media you don't want your employers to see. I mean, that's that should just be, you know, commonplaces to, you know, actually dig around on your potential uh, new hirees. So. Oh no, Mary! I was told that uh, teams don't even do their due diligence and look at Twitter likes. By uh, when the Maple Leafs hired that goalie coach oh, Dusty yeah. Emu, and he was supporting the insurrection. I don't think I don't know if their processes are really that lazy, but it doesn't look good. Yeah, it really doesn't look good. There are too many people in the game that are allowed to continue to be in the game who have abusive patterns, and then you have people who write puff pieces about guys like Mike Babcock. Oh yeah. 
uh, saying like, oh, what has he learned since he went back to coach in Saskatchewan? And the like 3000 word piece really amounts to he's learned nothing. He takes responsibility for nothing and then says that he's completely fine with it because he likes his family. And it's like, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this Why did this article need to be written? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of war- water carriers in this sport, unfortunately, and we need a lot think, more Rick Westheads and Katie Strangs and Emily Kaplan. I think there's a place for articles being like, what has Mike Babcock learned? He's learned if not, he's if, learned but something. If he's learned something, but if he's learned nothing, then put his, you know, feet to the fire, as it were, basically. Yes. Like, don't, like, the I, as a, from a journalistic perspective, it, like hearing from Mike Babcock would be like, you know, great. If he's learned something, that'd be nice. But I don't want it to turn into a puff piece. Try and, you know, actually, you know, like hold him accountable uh, for the things he did. Um, so just, I I can understand, but also the, 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 um, the follow through was not great <laughs> at all. So I, no, obviously I'm not defending the piece. I'm just saying that I think that there is, um, we can learn something, you know, from Mike Babcock and, you know, if he decides to speak on it, but, you know, writing a puff piece for him to try and get back into the, into the league is not the way to do it. It's, it's not the yeah, way to do it. The whole point of journalism, right, is to ask tough questions. Yes, yeah, exactly. Right. And, and try to get answers from people. And if the answers they're giving you are the same as the answers that they gave at the moment when they were fired or at the moment when something happened, then you're not doing your job. Mm-hmm. You're not actually getting anything out of them. And as much as you might have put a lot of effort into that piece and putting it together, tank it. Like it's it's just not worth publishing. And I'm sure that uh, Sportsnet got a lot of clicks from writing a story about Mike Babcock, a lot of angry clicks from Leafs fans and Red Wings fans. But at the end of the day, that's not worth it long term. You have to show that you have some level of not even an investigation, but integrity and looking for something, mm-hmm. right? And we're kind of off track here because we're talking about Anaheim, but hey, you know what? We'll, we'll pretend it's connected because Anaheim is where ba- Mike Babcock started his career. So uh, <laughs> I guess it's all, you know, time is a flat circle. Everybody's I mean, related to all, everybody it's in all the NHL. It's connected, and that was kind of news this week. So it's okay that you mention it. Uh, I think we, though, have finished um, on the Bob Murray stuff. Um, yes. Obviously, we'll continue to cover the story as it unfolds we have no idea what could be next they're just you know waning on more investigation stuff but if more things come to light we will certainly talk about it but coming up next we're going to talk again about more things we have been covering for the last little while and that is um john doe 2 the um high school player who was assaulted by uh brad aldrich uh, their mother spoke out uh with some really interesting comments about gary bettman we'll talk about that coming up Right after this. Bet Online is back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Promo code locked on. Okay, Andrew. So we mentioned this up at the top, but uh, obviously trigger warnings for 
um, sexual assault discussions. I don't think we're going to go very deep into it, but this is a continuation of the Blackhawks case. So I just want to put it out there. You can feel free to skip this next segment if you do not want to listen to it. Um, But if you do, thank you for joining us. So we had, I believe this came out on Monday after we recorded. Uh, It was like sometime Monday evening, but um, Rick Westhead, again, lovely fellow. Um, continued uh, to dig deep on the Blackhawks story um, and was able to talk to the mother of uh, John Doe 2, like I said before the break, the high school player that was assaulted by Aldrich um, in, I believe, 2013? Um, Yeah, I I believe it was 2013. Um, So it was a really interesting interview. Heartbreaking and disturbing in a lot of ways uh, because she goes into some detail about things but the thing i think andrew we're going to talk most about um is going to be her comments about gary bettman but um i did want to reiterate the fact that uh the fact that uh kyle beach had said that um you know he apologized to john doe too that still breaks my heart even to this day um and she had some really the john doe two's mother had some really nice comments talking about Kyle Beach, saying that she just wanted to reach through the screen and hold him. Um, she wanted to say that it, he's not at fault at all. He's a survivor like her son. Um, yeah, it just those comments were really nice. But like I said, I think the thing we're going to be talking about most is her comments on Gary Bettman, who she said needs to retire, Andrew, which and is echoing a lot of what uh, hockey people, prominent hockey people, hockey fans have been saying for a very long time and have you know, the the noise has risen more since this Blackhawk stuff came to light. Yeah, I mean, that whole interview, it, similar to the Kyle Beach one, I think, honestly, this one might have been worse to listen to. Just as a parent, the way that she described the, the pain that she felt with talking with her son, it was... Uh, it was very, very tough. I to only, listen to. I only read it. I did not listen to it. Oh, okay, but it's definitely much worse when you listen. Yeah, to Yeah, that definitely will be something I'll do after this. I'm not going to do this in the middle. Of the yeah, podcast, it is just like it. it immediately, it immediately like turned my stomach. Like I wanted to throw up. It was. I mean, the quotes were already bad to begin with. So yes, and it just her emotional reaction years later. You know, it's still completely raw. And this kind of thing, you never fully heal from, mm-hmm. you know? And the way that the NHL has responded to this, I, I like, listen, I understand that Gary Bettman is a lawyer and the NHL is looking at it from a legal precedent standpoint. But I've seen now several lawyers on Twitter talk about, like, this doesn't have to be a precedent setting situation. They can just reach an individual deal with this family and say, listen, we understand what happened to you, irregardless, or I know that's not a word, regardless of what ac- actually happened and like the circumstances of how this happened, we're going to cover your therapy because this family can't afford therapy. They don't have insurance. And like, so this, this kid who was abused is just sitting there feeling broken with no help. And the NHL is like, well, we don't want to be sued later down the line by other people who've been abused. So, like, we're just going to let you rot. And I just, from a business standpoint, I get that there's things that you have to be careful of saying publicly. There's things that you have to be careful of committing to. 
but the complete lack of empathy and understanding that this league continues to show, it makes it really, really hard to want to talk about this league. You know, like it for, from somebody who loves the game. And I know Mary, you and I both love the game. And I'm sure that we both were jumping out of our seats when we saw Connor McDavid do that. It really insane, impossible goal where he went one on four against the New York Rangers. That is not the top story of the week. You know, this is, this is the top story of the year of the decade. And the fact that the NHL just wants to ignore it and go about their business and pretend that there's still some like great league full of great people who, you know, they always talk about how like hockey people are the best people, like enough of the bullshit, figure out your own crap and start realizing that you have to be part of society and own your own mistakes because this whole like all business all lawyer garbage like it's not going to get better if bill daly is the next guy either like i know everybody wants to hang it on gary bettman and i i understand that that's fair he is the representative of 32 owners or ownership groups he's turning 70 in june i don't know why he would want to continue to be the commissioner of the league in his seventies when he could easily retire comfortably and spend more time with his family. But it's not like Batman deserves a ton of blame for how the NHL is, how the NHL is reacting, but I just don't see him leaving also as a situation to fix everything, right? Like the people who are coming behind him, who are the people in training are of the same ilk. And just like whenever we talk about like an NHL team needs to modernize the NHL as a whole needs to modernize. And I just don't believe in anybody in their management group as the next person to bring them in line. Yeah. You would need like wholesale changes at the top, but that's not going to happen. Yes. We we know no. this sadly. Unless they're forced to. Yes. But, right? who, but and that's who where would? lawsuits besides like what lawsuits force them to like, I, Maybe. I mean, there, there's no, there's no good answer here. There really isn't. Like, and I agree, Batman should be gone. But you're right. The people behind him are just gonna be the same. There, you need wholesale changes to, you know, make like get the change we want in hockey culture. But it, where is it gonna come from? That we have. Yeah, like there's, we have no idea where it could come from. Or at least I don't. I don't have any answers in that regard. I don't know if you. Do. I mean, it has to. It has to come from a combination of former, like people who have been hurt by the league, putting pressure and fans not allowing it to subside. Right, like Rick West that has re been reporting on the NHL's misdeeds for years now. You know, like the whole concussion lawsuit thing that kind of got thrown out, and I believe settled. Uh, nobody really gave that the time of day that it deserved. You know, like it was in the news cycle, in and out of the news cycle, but it never really took off. And this is taking off. I hope that fans can keep their foot down on the pedal and make this stay in the news cycle all year long and continuing past then. Because as much as it's depressing and a lot of people look at hockey just for entertainment... Like I mentioned in the first segment, this is an entertainment thing that also involves people and you have to, you have to have those people not being exploited. And we talk about it with like labor movements with whenever there's a new CBA, you don't want the players to be exploited. 
financial explo- exploitation isn't the only way that people can be exploited. And unfortunately, the NHL will keep doing or allowing awful things to happen unless they're punished for it, whether that's through lawsuits or fan pressure through other financial means. Like It has to hit their wallet. I think that's the big thing. It has to hit their wallet and it has to be shameful in media. Like every time you see the NHL trend on social media right now, it's not about hockey. Mm-hmm. That ha- like if that doesn't send shivers down the spine of every single NHL owner who's watched this league go from, you know, skyrocketing up in financial power from the 2004 lockout to now being stagnant for like almost a decade, like it should be very scary and where the NHL is headed. And you bring up a good point about hitting them in their wallets. Um a couple days ago, an article was released, at least I see it on Yahoo Sports, that um, uh, the sponsors aren't necessarily happy with the NHL and Gary Bettman, um, which um, I actually believe came from Requested, too, uh, according to this tweet that's linked in this article. Uh, so something like that, um, I mean, to bring it to um, a different topic, but the um, uh, kind of it's like the same thing. Um, I played I played the game Overwatch, which is from the company Activision Blizzard, which you may know has a whole bunch of terrible, awful things happening in their organization. Um, And uh, a lot of sponsors from the Overwatch League, the esports organization, um, they pulled out or, um, you know, they were like, uh, hey, you guys need to do better on in this regard. Um, And it's still a bit shaky uh, as to whether the league will continue. Um, I think it's gotten a little bit back on more even foot, but it, it was looking bad for a little while. Uh, so we can see the pressure that gets put on um, sponsors when, you know, the uh, things don't look good PR wise and they might pull out. So there's at least some avenue there. I don't I haven't read this full story, but I do remember seeing it. So I'm glad I looked it up. But it is possible that then, you know, the more pressure gets put on, the more things that come to light, sponsors could pull out. And that's one of the big things, I guess, that drives, um, you know, revenue along with, you know, ticket sales and gate revenue and stuff. Yeah, like and that. gate revenue is way down this year, right? I think and it's, worse than all the other major leagues. I mean, part of it yeah. is probably due to the pandemic, uh, one would assume. Because that is still ongoing, uh, but I mean, right? But all other leagues are dealing with that as well. I mean, less so for like football and baseball because they're outside. Mm-hmm. But like the NBA's ticket gate revenue hasn't dropped nearly as much as the NHL so far this year. That's a good point. So it, we'll see. There, there are a lot of factors here. So, but I think you're right in that the, like the money is the big thing here. If you know things continue to drop, I mean, I know they just got. A huge um, influx of, you know, money into the league with Seattle uh, and everything around them. But still, that there's at least some avenue here for change. It just is all going to, you know, depend on the money. So if you're upset with the NHL, you know, you don't necessarily have to buy a jersey, buy, you know, buy tickets to a game. But if you do, I'm not going to shame you. That's it's all right. No, I mean, you, you you don't want to get into that game where like you're still enjoying an entertainment product. And I don't think if you buy your favorite team's jersey that you're tacitly no, you're not, supporting. And you're not at fault. I mean, I wouldn't here. buy a Chicago Blackhawks one. No. <laughs> I would definitely draw the line on that. But I wouldn't buy that anyway because of their stupid logo. Mm-hmm. But, 
But you're you know, you're not uh, at fault here for this. I think that no, I think no, it's not the fans' yeah, fault. I think that that's the big thing. But but we can be part of the solution. Yeah, that's the thing mm-hmm. is we can be part of the solution, and I think that the only way that it does work itself out is if we take an active role. Yes, exactly. Um, I don't know how much more time we want to spend talking about John Doe 2, but I definitely have to listen to the interview now. I only read the text version. Like I said, it was a busy, it's been a busy week for me so far, but uh, definitely going to be as heartbreaking and gut-wrenching, if not more so than the Kyle Beach interview. Um, But you are more than fair to skip that if, you know, you need to for your mental health, because I get it. This has been a another tough week in the nhl um in terms of you know mental health stuff so i'm we've talked about it many times we're more than you know happy if people step away for your mental health because that's important and that should come first and foremost but you know uh obviously much like the bob murray story we will continue to cover this blackhawk story as more information comes to light because i am sure that it will um it you know keeping up public pressure hopefully more things come to light um and you know like the journalists like request head katie strang um they'll continue to do their jobs um and give us uh vital info and hopefully change the culture in the nhl but coming up next we're going to talk about carrie price who speaking of mental health um and such like that revealed the reason he checked into the nhl player assistance program uh last month because it has been like we talked about uh on the last show it's been 30 days and he's now back with the canadians organization so we'll talk about that coming up right after this all right we're back um so yeah another thing that happened um in this busy nhl week is that Carey Price posted on Instagram that he entered residential treatment facility for substance abuse last month, which is when he uh, went into the NHL's player assistance program. Uh, I'm going to read his um, Instagram, like his quotes from Instagram, just in full. So, you know, you have it. Um, Over the last few years, I have let myself get to a very dark place, and I didn't have the tools to cope with that struggle. Last month, I made the decision to enter a residential treatment facility for substance use. Things had reached a point that I realized I needed to prioritize my health for both myself and for my family. Asking for help when you need it is what we encourage our kids to do, and is what I needed to do. I am working through years of neglecting my own mental health, which will take some time to repair. All I can do is take it day by day. With that comes some uncertainty with when I will return to play. I appreciate all of the overwhelming support and well wishes. I please ask that the media and our hockey community continue to respect our privacy at this time. Your support and respect of this so far has been a critical piece to my recovery. So yeah, Andrew, thoughts on Carey Price? I mean, I think a lot of people didn't expect Carey Price to make a statement at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was kind of let out of the bag accidentally when I believe it was Dom Ducharme who was asked about uh, Carey Price last week said that he hadn't spoken to him because he wasn't allowed outside contacts, which is not something that happens with uh, mental health as far as I know. So everyone at that point assumed that it was substance abuse because uh, that's part of like a rehab program. So that kind of forced the speculation into overdrive here, unfortunately. And I will say that from what I saw, media was very respectful and price and the organization's request to not dig in. But, uh, you know, fans ask questions and a question that wasn't directly about it from the media 
ended up creating a bit of a not a firestorm but there there was like a bit of a wave of speculation so price came out and said what needed to be said for him and his family i really hope that this is the end of uh price's struggle with that i know addiction is a long a lifelong thing you know i have friends who are addicts or were addicts uh one of what my good friends passed away a couple of years ago after being addicted to sleeping pills. So like, I, I understand more than I would have when I was younger, how much of a lifelong struggle it is and you're never really over it. But I'm hoping that price has the support structure in place now that he doesn't need to ever feel like he needs to relapse. I, I am very excited that Carrie is in a space now where he's comfortable making a statement where he's back with his teammates. Uh, Jake Allen did an interview this morning saying that Price spoke to the team and he was all smiles and excited to be back around them. So that's good. You know, it. you want to say like uh, that it's courageous to step forward and everything like that and be out there and a representative and showing people that you can come back from this. But at the same time, I feel like, <laughs> like I don't know if he would have made a statement. It kind of seemed like he was not forced into it by anything, but it was just a mistake that came out and he had to clarify things, which is unfortunate, but massive respect for price for finally buckling down and doing this. And the last three years kind of make a little bit more sense now with what price has been struggling with. You know, last year there was a report out. It was either last year or the year before at the beginning of the season that price was struggling with chronic fatigue. And, you know, maybe that was related to this. It, it makes sense, right? So a lot of the issues that he's had over the last few years here now have a new context based on what he said. And I, I just, I sincerely hope that that's the worst thing that he'll ever have to go through, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And what you said makes sense about um, the beans kind of being spilled a little bit um, and him having to come out and clarify, but still, he didn't owe us an explanation, not like not in the least. I mean, I maybe it's just me and being respectful about it, but I didn't. He didn't need to tell us what's going on. It's his business. Um, I know that he is an athlete, but he's still a private citizen, and he's got his own, you know, stuff to handle. So much respect to him for you know speaking out about it because, um, like we talked about with the Kyle Beach stuff, um, it takes a lot to put yourself out there, but it can also help other people too. Um, so hopefully, you know, if somebody sees that and is also struggling, they get, they get the help they need to. So much respect and love, uh, to Carrie Price, um, for this. Um, and it is great though, that, uh, according to teammates, he's, you know, smiling and having fun. And we had talked about it on the last show that we had no idea when he was going to be back uh, on the ice, but at least his presence in the locker room should uplift not only his teammates, but also himself too. So I think that's a really big thing here. So I am super happy um, that he is seems to be on the road to recovery. And you're right. I hope that this is he doesn't have to go through something like this again because it is very difficult. Um, but prioritizing your mental health and well-being should be your first priority. So I'm I'm just I'm happy that he he seems to be like I said on the road to recovery here. Yeah, and I should say that. That Instagram post that he put out there now has, I think, 127,000 likes. 
which is a lot. Uh, his page is usually around like 40-ish thousand. And 6,500 comments of support. Good. You know, like just pure support from so many people around the league. You know, uh, his buddy PK was right in there. Former Habs like Douglas Murray, young kids like Caden Primo, Nate Thompson, who has himself struggled with addiction, uh, Kevin Weeks, Catherine Tappen, like all over from the NHL, all like tons and tons of people supporting Carey Price. And I'm sure that he feels that and his family feels that. And obviously that goes without saying that uh, the fans in the hockey community are behind Carey Price right now. And hopefully that helps him out a little bit. Any tiny bit of help that that can give him, I think we'd be happy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think I saw a couple negative comments, but they were quickly shushed by people. Um, yeah. You know, so it, it it is what it is. I, I, it, I don't know. People don't understand. A lot of people don't understand addiction. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, that's like one of the things that every time some, something like this happens, like they don't understand how much of it, is that you, you can't be it can't be helped like it is it is an illness it's a compulsion and i think there's maybe it's changed for young kids now and what they're exposed to growing up and what their education is but i know like when i was growing up i definitely saw that as like you're weak you know like how could you even get involved in that but like it's very easy and if somebody has a that like addiction gene you know like they'll get sucked in and it's just to see somebody suffer through it and having watched somebody deal with it going to the very worst uh point that you can in your life and thinking oh well this will finally get this person out of it you know like they're gonna wake up out of this but and it, it at times it can seem like they do you know like they make what looks like a full miraculous recovery but then you miss things and all of a sudden you don't realize they're back into it and it can lead to just unbelievable heartbreak and i think the whole idea of framing addiction as a weakness is just very flawed and the way that we deal with drugs in general is very flawed the fact that we criminalize them and put drug users and even distributors in prison instead of rehabilitation and trying to get them to be healthy and understand their choices and where they come from is just very flawed and i hope that because price has the privilege of being an nhl player with money to burn and with the support structures in place from the nhl that he's able to kick this once and for all and has the support when maybe he feels pressure again, you know, to, to go down that road that he never does. And that's my main takeaway from it. Yeah. Agreed. I think on all, on all fronts for me. Um, But like we mentioned with Gary Bettman, we just got to have some empathy people. We're all going through stuff. We're all going through stuff. And I mean, I know uh, the pandemic is still happening. Um, Things are, probably a little bit brighter in terms of you know you can do things if you're vaccinated and you know you can see people because for a while you couldn't see people i mean if you're still not seeing people that's perfectly all right too thank you for you know just trying to stay as safe as you possibly can but it's been a tough time for everyone we've all got struggles we've all got things we have to deal with things we you know don't publicize out into the world i mean you know, you see us on Twitter, but I'm sure there's tons of things you don't know about us, even though all I do is tweet about video games all day. 
but you know, uh, so just have some empathy for people, um, and just recognize that we're all going through it and, uh, much love and support to Carrie Price and everybody else going through situations like this. Um, but yeah, uh, sadly there wasn't a lot of like, we didn't really talk about like hockey today. So I don't just stuff around the yeah, game. Yeah, stuff around the game, but all all very important and necessary stuff. Um, so we'll go to our pop culture roulette segment next, which none of us have anything filled in the dock for. So I am sure this will be a very fun time, guys. <laughs> uh, or this will just be a short episode, and that's okay. Uh, but uh, we will talk to you coming up right after this. I love Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving. Yes, I have to qualify for this show, but American Thanksgiving. All of the good food and treats and plenty of them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert, one that isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's time, it's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar, with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with a coconut Built Bar. Or go for a raspberry built bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie you want. It's low calorie, low carb, high fat, high protein. Covered in 100% real chocolate and soft and easy to chew. Built bar is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a built bar or two. Share some at your family gatherings. It'll make things less awkward. Hey, maybe even Aunt Betty hasn't tried a built bar yet. There's new surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at built.com regularly, so check the site often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. So mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, Andrew, we are back with our pop culture roulette segment where we have nothing scheduled, or at least we didn't put anything in our uh, doc. Uh, so do you have anything uh, so I could stop I talking? Because I feel like I've been talking all episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got something. Uh, I just started watching the third season of What We Do in the Shadows, which has been going for, I think, since the beginning of October. And uh, I just, I cannot express how much I love that series. It's If you haven't seen both the series and the movie that it's a spinoff from uh, what we do in the shadows is a movie from Taika Waititi. It's, I don't want to say it's the movie that like put him on the map, but it's definitely where a lot of people started taking note of Taika's particular brand of humor. And I, I think the movie that really put him on the map in terms of like Hollywood was called boy. I won a bunch of awards at uh, film festivals and stuff like that. Uh, even his uh, earliest movies did well, but uh, what we do in the shadows was like, oh my God, this guy is like seriously hilarious, which the premise is just essentially what if vampires existed, but also they were kind of stupid and they lived together in a house and invited a documentary crew to follow them around. And it's a different group of vampires in both the movie and the TV series, TV series. Now, like I said, in season three, it is phenomenal. It's so good, so funny. The cameos in it they drum up are so ridiculous and excellent. Uh, the humor is fantastic. It's so off the wall. 
can't recommend it enough. Yeah, I've heard really good things about it. I was, um, I was like, wasn't it a movie? And that, that makes sense that there's a TV show because I've seen more stuff about it. I was like, well, I thought it was just a movie, but I guess it makes sense that there's a TV show. I love dumb people and vampires, so maybe I'll check it out one day. That this just means that's going on my list of things to watch whenever I get time. You would have thought that during this pandemic, when there was no time, at, like when we had all the time in the world, I would have, you know, used it to actually do something productive and cross things off my list. No, that's not the case, guys. I'm so sorry. This always happens to me. Uh, there's just too much stuff and not enough time to do that in. But that's really cool. I'm glad you picked up a new season of a TV show. That's always nice. I'm still watching Lock and Key. Hopefully I'll finish it by the weekend and talk about it. But it's been very good uh, so far. My sister was like, oh, around episode five, it gets really wild. And I was, you know, expecting like, you know, character death. But I mean, there was character death, but I was, like, afraid it was going to be one of the main people. And I'm like, okay, it hasn't gotten too spicy yet. But it's still really good. It's a lot of fun. Um, but the big thing for me is I finished the main story of Final Fantasy XIV before the expansion comes out next month. So we did it. My long um, journey to getting to this point of hundreds of hundreds of hours of playing an MMO, which I swore I would never do before I played this game, is over for now. Until the expansion comes out next month. Uh, but that was, it's been really fun. Uh, I've had a good time playing video games, um, which means I get i get to spend a little bit more time now, I guess, reading and doing other things um, and playing other video games like the Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remakes that are coming out next week, I think. Uh, so there's just, you know, lots of video games and we're starting to get into the lead up to things in 2022 because there'll be a lot of video games coming out in 2022. So I will you will see me less as I will be playing more video games. I I hate to say, <laughs> but there's just so many video games coming out next year. It is going to be a hit to my wallet, a hit to my uh, free time, uh, of which there is none sometimes. It feels like when I work, on the days that I work and also podcast, I have no time to do anything. But that's okay, because then I have days off and I'm like, oh, we're all better now. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that is, I think... I think that's all we have, Andrew, unless you have any any more Marvel hot takes, any anything else you want to add before we leave the good people uh, for another week? Well, I will say, if you want to have some hockey entertainment, I highly suggest a video that Sportsnet put out where uh, Steve Dangle talked to the different uh, members of the Maple Leafs and had them watch video of him playing hockey Ooh. and dissect his game. It is phenomenal. Ooh, I got to watch this. It's really good. It's only three minutes on the sports that YouTube page. Go look it up. It's great. Uh, some of them are nice. And yes. then there's Morgan Riley who pulls no punches. Yes, I'm so happy. We need a good roast in our lives. Uh, and Absolutely. Steve Dangle is the perfect person to get roasted. Is he? I think he, he's like me in that he takes it. He just takes it. I'm like, you know what? I feel that. I am, I'm one of the, I'm in my friend group. I'm the person that, you know, gets, um, you know, people joke on me and i just accept it because i know they love me or at least i hope they do uh <laughs> they, yes. do. they I, do i would hope so because they've tolerated me for so long but <laughs> that's all we have for you today on the cross check any chill show as part of the locked on podcast network make sure to follow us on your podcast platform of choice from apple to odyssey to spotify and rate and review us while you're at it you can follow the pod at cross check nhl on twitter me at mary c clark on twitter and andrew and andrew berkshire on twitter Thanks for making the Crosscheck NHL show your first listen every Tuesday and Thursday. We'll be back on Tuesday with some more puck talk, but now make your second listen Locked On Bets. Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.